Welcome to the Fitness Queens podcast, empowering your mind and sculpting your body. Join your hosts, multiple fitness world champions, Alicia Kirios and Stephanie McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our latest episode of We Fitness Queens with my beautiful co-host, Stephanie McHugh. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here and see you, Allie, like always. Always. And um, in today's episode, we have been bantering a little bit about all of the things we wish we had known when we very first started our fitness journeys, because I can tell you now that as you progress, and I don't know about you, but I love this quote, the more you learn, the le- the more you the more you realize that you don't know things. Right? <laughs> Amen. That so is true. And so it's like every time you progress and evolve in anything, all of a sudden you look back and you go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that that's what I used to think, or that's what I used to do, or holy moly, I can't believe I even got that far knowing only that little." <laughs> And I still know I have a lot more to go, right? So I I love that. And I love that the first time I heard someone say it. And I think it's so true. And when I think back on the start of my fitness journey, I'm like, wow, you know, the truth really hits home there that, yeah, there was so many things. And as, I don't know about you too, Steph, but as, you know, sort of because we're in a science-dominated industry, as science and research and everything in this space and even in the evolving research now on um, bodybuilding even as a sport, which is very cool because up until very recently we didn't have anything on it, um, things change and new information comes to light and preconceived um, beliefs around the way things should be or what works and what doesn't work all of a sudden are thrown out the window because the data proves something completely different, right? So result, man. Yeah. Proof is in the pudding. I don't care like, what anybody wants to say, but if you get results, I'm results driven. As much as I like science and like studies and all the stuff, I, mm, I'm going to go with the results rather than you just going by paper. I'm sorry. You guys are going to be a little scientists over here. They're going to get on my ass over here. It's all good. I'm just telling you, I'm still going to get to the results because I'm still going to be using science as my backbone, but Correct. I'm not going to be just like paper. The paper says this, man. Like the no, studies- I agree with that. I agree with that because a lot of the times, right, where we see people that apply only papers is the fact that they're not looking at the bigger, broader context or they might only be looking at one small silo. So I agree with that. And I actually think a lot of the times science is playing catch up to the athletes that are actually doing the work anyway. Um, They really are. And they're either proving up something or disproving something, right? So, So I agree with you. And I think but with the emerging, you know, information and and the constant change, so there's evolving, evolving studies. Yes, you just studies. you just start getting to this point where you go, holy wow, okay, there is literally so much more to what we do now than what when we first started. And realistically, there should be, you know, like you should evolve. You should evolve as an athlete. You should evolve, you know, in any sport you're playing. Yeah. Um, and this whole bodybuilding component being, you know, no different. But fitness as a whole, um, I find 
the amount of knowledge I have now and the way I approach things now is so exponentially different to the way that I approached it back when I started that it's not even funny. Like I, I, I think about how long it took me to get to that place and I think, wow, all the, the gains I left on the table and really all of, you know, how much further would I be right now if I had have done these other things differently back then? Oh, it's annoying. So I, we want to avoid that for you guys yeah. and give you guys what we feel are some of the things that are, you know, what we believed. It's not true. We wish we would have known at the beginning. <laughs> so Ali, I want to know what are some of the top ones that you um, would say, uh, you know, like are the top ones for you now? Look, to be honest, I think back at the very start when I first started, I was in, you know, a, a lot of different sports and I was dancing back then. So my focus back then and the physique I had back then was so different. So for any of my listeners, you know, I'm talking, I was 44 kilos ringing wet, you know, like I was so little. I weigh like, you know, you guys, she was a ballerina more than that <laughs> these days. <laughs> but my point being, my focus was really different and it was about, um, not get it wasn't even about losing weight it was just about staying petite and staying fit for purpose for that sport and so my whole focus was never about building and growing and you know a lot of the misconceptions around fitness for women that was appropriate was cardio only um, when I wasn't doing my sports specific training and the gym itself and the weight section itself was very much a masculine zone. And why did we even need to go in there? You know, like it was right. that sort of thing that sat with me when I very first started. And I was super young. I think I was like 17 or 18. And I actually got into weights because I had a couple of injuries that I needed to rehab through. And then I fell in love with it, though, and wanted to move from the things I was doing that was sports specific and more cardiovascular. And I wanted to be able to be bossy in the boy zone. And I wanted to be able to feel like I fit. Right. So over the course of the next 10 years, I would say it took me probably a solid eight to 10 years. I just shifted my mindset that instead of trying to stay this small petite little structure that was dainty and functional for that particular sport, I just wanted to be a beast. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to become, you know, um, best transition. Like yeah, when you that when that yeah. like motivation or yeah. at least wants to achieve yeah. that. Oh, I see some women turn their like notch up a little bit, and I'm like, yeah. wow, this girl turned it up. She is looking beastly in the best way. Trust me, yeah. like they're just bosses when they go in there but you're right. It's all about the mentality. I think that that's society. It's an era. Luckily. Yeah. Right now, I feel like fitness is part of the era that we're in. It's it is a, part of it. It's, you know, it, fitness comes and goes in fads. The, you, you'll have your aerobics back in the 80s. That was just such a big oh fad, God. right? Like, you, you, you have leotards with the G-strings. Oh, the James Bond was like, the, you know, the go to all the uh, aerobics yeah. classes. And, like, you've got that look. And that's kind of what made women believe a toned look, not a muscular look, is what they were trying to achieve. Exactly. So I think that that exactly. is also instilled in us as society. Like, and let's talk about media. Media just 
only pumps out supermodels or only pumps out certain style looks within absolutely you know in our head is the pinnacle of what well at the time when you're starting i guess a physical journey because it's not even your fitness journey let's understand that your fitness journey is maybe not the same thing as trying to change your physique because actually changing your physique is principles that come in you know of course with sports where you know actually protocols like ali saying her sport required her to stay smaller that's why her mentality was stay small be small you know do cardio and actually that's not equal to strength training and i think that was a big misconception i had when i first started my fitness journey and actually started physically trying to change my body if I really say fitness journey, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've always done athletics. I've done sports. I did, you know, gymnastics. I did volleyball. I did softball. I did anything, honestly, that I could put my hands on throughout all of my, you know, school years. But I was never into weightlifting. There's a very big difference. And Allie can relate to this. She was a dancer and she was doing a lot of aerobic exercise, a lot of, you know, just. Yeah, I was doing triathlons. And so it was like, Oh, you were in a different space. Yeah, was I was literally, I was literally a dancer who did triathlons and then moved into Muay Thai. So you were a triathlete. That's cool. Yeah, I was for seven years. I was also a surf lifesaver. So that's how I moved into triathletes because. So if you listen to everything I was doing outside of dance, it was all really endurance-based athlete and it was cardiovascular-based stuff, right? So I made this complete shift into um, resistance-based model. And if I'm really honest, what I wish I had known back in my late teens is the importance of the resistance-based training for health, longevity, and anti-aging later in life because I would have started it and gotten serious about it way sooner and I would have focused on strength and building muscle over staying a particular size straight away. And I probably would have maybe even transitioned out of dance a little earlier than I did because it took me a few more years and I probably would have moved a little earlier, um, which would have been better for me, I think, long-term. But, you know, look, these are the lessons you learn, right? Um, And so my instance, it looked like that and it was more sports-specific, right? But for a lot of women, and especially women, you know, that are sort of in in my age bracket, it was always about being skinnier, weight loss, small, you know, looking like the the chic. Going back to the society, if you get heroin look, which is in terrible. That same era that I'm talking exactly. about, like exactly, like you got that like ingrained, skinny, it's wired in your head because yeah. you came and you grew up around that. So what your takeaway is, cardio and strength training are not equal. So that is the myth that you broke right from the get go. Well, not from yeah, the get go. Strength a little bit. You know, the emphasis should always have been for me on building sure. strength. You know, strength and power and building mass from day one, you know, and building mass doesn't mean necessarily they're all, they're all out to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Trust me. It's not like that at all. It's just building quality metabolic muscle tissue that is going to serve you throughout every phase of your life. It's not just the aesthetic. And I think that was probably my second thing is 
that fitness is not just about aesthetic. Fitness really should be about quality of life for longevity of life and anti-aging naturally in a way where, you know, you are capable of what my life has now looked like, which I didn't foresee this when I started my fitness journey, that I would be someone having kids in, you know, my late thirties and early forties and not actually someone having them and pumping them out back to back in my, you know, late teens, early twenties. I didn't do that. I did it the other way around. So the reality is, you know, I need to be able to have quality of life, longevity, movement, mobility, all those things, because I'm going to be running around after my grandkids older than most people. You know what I'm saying? So, so that, that's probably another thing I wish I knew. Like I wish I had had a crystal ball and gone, Hey, I'm going to be a career woman first. And I'm going to have this forever family later. Um, health and aging really matter more to me as part of my fitness journey than just how I look. And I've always been lucky because I've always, I've always been really quite confident and comfortable in my own skin. I've always loved how I have, you know, um, progressed and evolved and changed physically. So I've never hated on myself at any point in time. Um, but I do know I would have put in place the anti you know, um, the anti-aging and the longevity stuff earlier as well. And a big part of that is actually about fueling and it's actually about, you know, resistance-based training. And it's actually, again, strength and performance focused over pure cardiovascular weight loss. You're not living your life every single day, day in, day out, worrying about having visible abs and eating in a deficit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I do. They're the, they're the biggest things for me, I think. Uh, you know, the training part, because I grew up doing, like, again, just an active sport in some shape or form, it wasn't so much the string training that came like, oh, my God, I got to transition into this. Like, it actually was like a pretty cool transition for me. I think that wasn't my main struggle. My main struggle, and it's something I wish I would have freaking known earlier, was Carbs are not the enemy. Like you are not someone that needs to cut out food groups. I feel like if I would have known this and I would have learned, if I would have taken the time to actually try to learn food and not Mm. have this mentality and hear me out, because I think that a lot of you listening might have this mentality that I used to have at the beginning of my fitness Mm. journey was, you know, the, you know, it's just what you don't know doesn't hurt you mentality (laughs) (laughs) like what you just don't know of it's just i don't care about it i don't it's not gonna hurt me if i don't know about it so the 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 longer you stall to learn what values of food are how food works how it responds in your body how you know certain things may work for you how some don't how you have trigger foods how you have you know a bad relationship with food and how to fix it like you just have to understand food and i didn't understand food at all like I, I came from a Hispanic family. I'm very traditional. We eat very, a lot of carbs, a lot of rice, yeah. a lot of beans, a lot of tortillas, like a lot of tamales. Like it's just carb loaded and not understanding how sugars, carbs are practically the same category, which a lot of individuals don't get how carbs and sugar carbs are essentially going to fall under the same family. Like you're tracking, you don't understand tracking, you don't understand intake, you don't understand how much you're actually having. So if you were, if you are, or were one of those that are maybe thinking, oh, what I eat doesn't really matter of the amounts. 
I don't really care about knowing if this is good for me or not. I like it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I trained <laughs> this. I trained freaking hard, man. And that was the mentality that I had. What it what I don't know doesn't hurt me. I can train. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? Like Ignorance a fucking asshole. Bliss. I would eat anything. <laughs> I'm not, bring on the cheesecake. Bring on the pizza. Bring on, you know, the casserole, whatever it was, yeah. because I, I was in the mentality of not wanting to learn because I felt like that was just a territory. I'm like, ah, I can train. I can do all the stuff. You can now train and it won't matter at all. Yeah. So that yeah. was my worst worst thing I could have ever done on my, at the yeah. beginning of my yeah movie. rather was than actually learning how food can fuel your training adaptations and build the muscle and aid recovery and do all the things that support what you're doing in the gym right so one thing to be able to go in there and be a beast but then another thing to look like the beast because the food has fueled the result you know, I totally get that. And I would say that was one of my things too. Um, you know, definitely something that I wish, you know, I had known and probably been across was my nutrition knowledge earlier than when I got it. And, you know, I really dove headfirst into it and it became my specialty and niche area from about the age of about 25, 26 but it came about because I got diagnosed with my autoimmune disease and quite in, in quite a serious way. Like I ended up in hospital. Um, I was internally hemorrhaging. I was in hospital for a week. I, like it was, it was a horrendous, a horrendous way to deep dive into an it's area. A of like I got to change. I've got to do something about my, Correct. like my. But do you want to know what I had done though? And this is really common. And I see this all the time was, you talked about it too, food becomes an enemy. And in my instance, I actually had this condition, right, obviously for quite some time and it had not been diagnosed yet. So I was having all of these symptoms and there's a myriad of symptoms that come. And when you don't have enough knowledge and you are not across, you know, and you don't view food as something that is, you know, uh, nourishment and can be, you know, self-serving and can be medicine, you instead go, oh, it's the problem. Yeah. What the happens car. is exactly you automatically go whenever you have any kind of thing pop up physically, you automatically go, oh, it must be this. I'm going to cut it out. It must be that. I'm going to cut it out. It must be that. I'm going to cut it out. So I went ahead and I had actually cut out thinking that it was red meat that was setting me off. I cut out red meat. And then before too long, I ended up going to the point of being like full-blown vegetarian. And then I went <laughs> vegan and I did this dumb shit to myself. Over and over again. It was over and over, you yeah. know, like with no actual proper understanding. I cut all this shit out and now knowing all the things I know, I'm like, wow, I really did myself a disservice on yeah. so many levels in so many ways for nearly eight years, right? So from the time I was sort of like 18 through to my diagnosis, after I got diagnosed and it was a real serious kick in the face as to, oh, shit, okay, I have... I have a really serious issue and I'm internally hemorrhaging right now and there is stuff I've got to change. I went down that hole of, okay, great. Now I'm going to start actually learning. And I, and I did, and I threw myself into it and I've never looked back and it's been my, you know, passion zone since, but I can tell you now 
I no longer restrict anything. There is nothing off the table. I've done proper comprehensive testing. I know the couple of, and it's only a couple of things that I actually can't have. Stay away from, the rest yeah. I can. I follow and stay on top of all of the latest research and I apply it practically when it's relevant and in the right context for me, not just because there's a paper on it, but because it actually makes sense to what I'm doing. And I now focus and I educate people on the same thing, on the importance of nourishment, fueling, fueling for performance and having balanced, proper approach to food, right? So food for me is fuel. It is it is there to heal me. And as a result of changing this focus, I am and have been in the best health, you know, that I could possibly be in for the last, you know, 15 or so years. And also... I have not had to take any of the medication they told me would be necessary for the rest of my life. They said I'd be on eight to 10 tablets a day for the rest of my life. No chance of ever not being on it. Babe, I haven't had a pill in 15 years. So uh, food really is powerful and it does speak volumes, right? Like it is food is that for health. It yeah. really is. But Ali just nailed the fact that she fixed herself. She fixed her gut through food, not through eliminating food, but by no, eating. Through, through actually eat. eating the right food <laughs> and supporting my, you know, my my body in this, you know, autoimmune disease um, and this, you know, approach to instead of going, I'm just going to take a pill and make it go away and I'm just going to, I'm just going to medicate for the rest of my life. I was like, no, I'm actually just going to support my body with Band-Aid. what struggling with All and doing is instead. Hey, exactly. that pill, you know what? Let's put a little Band-Aid on that right now. Because exactly. I'm not going to. And that's exactly right. And then I'm going to let you know, be thick for a long time and definitely. let you be and rely on this pill. Yeah. So rather yeah. than fixing source and actually getting to the root of the problem, yeah. which a lot of people have roots of problems, do. maybe health-wise, and that's where you need to maybe start, like actually thinking of yeah. addressing those health concerns first, which are going to leave you in the place where you're going to head towards a healthier, more positive exactly. fitness journey that you exactly. may embark. Um, I think that the more, the more we talk about training, of course, food, like these are misconceptions that we had. I think the other biggest misconception comes down to how body gets measured. We've had this episode before, and yeah. this comes down to body composition. It comes down to how your weight could be the same, but your body looks completely different. And I oh, didn't percent yeah. Even so like when we talk yeah. about you and I and our humble beginnings, right? You would have been the same as me. You would have weighed way less weight on the scales. But when you look at what you look like in a bikini back then versus now, you, we both know what body you're going to take day in, day out, any day of the week. And it's not the one back then. Do you know what I mean? I, I was a skinny fat person though. I'm like, I came from being the skinny and I was actually not skinny. Was, let's go, let's go thick fat because I was always that thicker girl, like the thicker girl that did sports. I'm like, oh, she's not fat, but she's pretty thick. Like she's, she's got <laughs> she's some eyes on her. She's thick, you know, like I'm not kidding. That was always the, the, I guess <laughs> the nickname for the Latinas, especially at <laughs> high school at the time. It was, you know, more of like, oh yeah, she's thick, right? She's not thin. She's not skinny. So yeah. I always keep having a little bit more body fat but not sufficient muscle mass because it was just yeah. agility sports based yeah. uh, you know activities so going into that understanding of body composition yeah. and what that entails 
I didn't understand why scale would not move. Like why I'm, I'm not dropping weight. Like why is the scale not budging? And <laughs> that is such a hard thing on the beginners or people that are starting their fitness journey. Yeah. They think they're broken. They think that they, something's wrong with them or, you know, the scale is oh, the king. Like it matters above everything. Mm. And I want to remind you here, <laughs> the scale, honestly, it's just a tool. It is just a measure that lets us exactly. understand what's going on with our body, but it doesn't tell you your progress rate. <laughs> so exactly. you have so many other tools to measure that rate, whether if that be through, of course, we've talked about this DEXA scan, in-body scan, yeah. you know, of course, having pictures, videos, understanding how your body looks with muscle mass versus body fats. Yeah. And that scale may go up. It actually may go up and you look right. better. As you're building. So, yep. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All these things. I just did not understand. I didn't know. I like was feeling defeated and I felt like I got to do more, more, more because yeah. I'm or, not- or I'm cutting, cutting, having less, having less, having less. So it was one of those two sides of the coin, right? And this is what we see with most beginners. It's like this. It's that whole, holy shit. Okay. Well, if I'm not if I'm not eating less, do more. Seeing that, I'm going to either <laughs> add extra, or I'm going to take something away rather than starting to reprioritize different metrics, right? Totally agree with that. And I think while we're looking at that side of it, right, on the scale side, and we've talked about appreciating that, you know, weight training should be the focus and, and looking at, you know, strength over time, probably my third biggest thing was. What really, really set my fitness journey on fire and opened me up to, you know, such greater, more profound, faster results was when I actually got my head around the concept that it's the art of lifting over just throwing heavy weights. So Mm. rather than just going, okay, the only way I'm going to grow or the only progress I'm going to get is to go heavy, 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 heavy. Not the the minute the I got past that and instead went, right, what's actually super important is that I master my form. I have, you know, a greater capacity of connection to my body. So I know when something feels wrong or I'm not positioned right, or if something is rotated or, you know, taking over, you start to tap into you know, the way things feel, you start looking at the execution of a movement rather than just throwing a weight around. And you start really looking at um, progression from a different perspective where it's not just about throwing on load, but instead, okay, can I now take this perfect form of a of a movement and take it to a different range? Can I sit in that range for longer? Can I work with tempos? Yeah. yeah. Like, so for me, the third thing was when I started to focus on lifting as, you know, this beautiful tapestry that I could really create something amazing with. And it became about identifying in my own physique when something was set up well or executed well. And when something was a little bit off, that is when the magic really happened, you know, and, and it became less about just going in and mindlessly throwing a weight around and trying to add when I wasn't, I hadn't earned the right to add the load yet. When I changed to that viewpoint that, hey, 
I'm going to earn the right to lift the load by making sure that I have the mastery of the exercise execution first. And I changed my view and my perspective and I started to lean into and really immerse myself in my sessions and the way they were feeling and and progressively trying to challenge myself week in, week out with either a deeper range or a, a, you know, a slower eccentric or whatever it was. Until I did that, I was literally, I was growing and changing, but it was like maybe 25% of what I was truly capable of. And the year that I really started to focus on the art itself and the mastery of the lifts, I reckon I had an easy 75% increase in what I had had the year before to the point where people started to question if I was using enhancements. And I'm like, dude, I'm in a tested federation. I'm missing it a couple of times. No, I'm not. But my growth was quite substantial. And it wasn't, it was literally down to two things. I had learned to increase my food comparatively, but mainly it was the fact that I fell in love with the lifts. And I started to really focus on what the fuck I was doing with proper intention and presence in the gym, you know, not being distracted, not just being, not talking to people and also going with the purpose of doing what I was doing for me and not caring what anyone else in the gym was doing. It was a really different space. And the minute I did that, shit changed fast. So I'm hoping people listen to that because I find especially in the start, a lot of people just go in and just go through the motions, tick the boxes, throw things around, but they've got shit form, no mind muscle connection and the the benefits of the full program are not even being tapped into. They're leaving a whole bunch of stuff on the table. That's, that's a hundred percent. Like I watch it all the time in the gym for the gym goers that go show up and they just go through the same motions and they don't actually tackle that form and improve mind muscle connection. I think those are huge, Ali. You, You really hit a nail on that one. And I think what at the beginning of anyone starting, it's really important for them to kind of realize is that you build momentum by being consistent And sometimes consistency is the hardest thing to do with Mm. a beginner that kind of like stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And it's more like just trying to build something sustainable. So if you are at the beginning, just making sure you're building the momentum to start with. But Mm. if I wish I would have known something, you know, more like tips, advice, like if I'm walking into this, not knowing what the hell I'm about to do, you know, I think the bigger misconception too is the recovery process that you have to just kick your ass all the time seven days a week to get the results that you're chasing you need to train 365 days a year or the full 12 months with no days off like the no days off mentality too i wish i would have and this was me the no what doesn't what i don't know doesn't hurt me mentality and the no days off mentality i'm like i'm going to eat all the things and I'm going to train my ass off. And, you know, yeah, it gave, it gave me a lot of performance based goals that I achieved because I was big on what Ali touched on, which was form and actually trying to improve my lifts. Because if you actually can go from a progression of not being able to do a few reps to now being able to accomplish 10 reps and then being able to accomplish 15, that's progression. If you couldn't lift the the machine and now you can lift the machine and now you're adding a load, that's the progression we're talking about within your lift. So if you can progress and just focus on 
engaging the right muscles when you're working out, then you're going to be in a good position to gain progress and start seeing that momentum build up and the consistency is going to be easier to keep up with. But don't be that individual that goes seven days a week because you think that's going to get you faster or that's going to give you more results or that this is going to be the answer for the look that you want to achieve. So taking recovery, it would be my 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 other, um, I guess, wish I would have known actually taking days off are more beneficial than training every day of the week. So if you yeah. train hard, you gotta recover hard. So yeah. making sure you have that balance and knowing when to go harder, when to pull back. And you may not be knowledgeable yet to understand your body, to know when to pull back, which is really good time to have that second eye and have people guiding you and telling you when to maybe take a break or when to take rest days and how to implement them. Cause that is so necessary and so important. So don't go into no days off or not allowing recovery to be a, yeah. a, a for you and leaving gains on the table, because that's exactly what you're doing. You are yeah. stopping your body from growing because you think that by doing more, you're going to get more. When in reality, if you would just rest yeah. and let your body recover, you're going to more. Correct. Correct. A hundred percent. I love that. And I think that, probably comes down to mindset right so that was probably my final thing where I'm like I wish I had of maybe understood the power that comes with focusing on mindset as part of it as well like it's not just this physical thing where fitness is about moving and training only and it's body it's it's mind and body and I think the disconnect that you have when you first start is really quite, you know, it's big. It was for me even. So it was really easy to have those moments where, and I think a lot of newbies listening to this will probably relate to this where they're like, you know, it's not happening fast enough or I'm not seeing something fast enough or I am, um, I don't have what she's got or my results look different to this person or that person can eat this, 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 and this and have no side effects. And I look at the, whatever. And all of a sudden I'm a whale. Like it's, it's the mindset side of it. Right. So, you know, for me, I think I probably just didn't apply the mindset at the very start about what was truly possible and also the scope of different ways to approach things. I just thought there was just the one way and that was it. And so for me, that really evolved over time. And then instead of looking at things like there, there's only this one way of doing it, I became this big vessel of, hey, there's actually a hundred different ways of doing this. And I'm going to find the way that is most sustainable, that suits me, that I feel um, motivated by, that I find joy in, that I'm passionate about. And then also looking at it from a long-term perspective. I moved from instead looking at it like this thing that, I, that I'm doing every day and and with a narrow, shorter focus to instead this thing where I look at it like an 18-month project of growth and then change and then performance and then a cut to stage. Like it's a totally different structure. Um, and my focus on health as part of fitness is a forever thing, you know, like it's a constant pillar and pinnacle of what I work on. So, you know, for me, it is more about personal development, longevity and health and about, you know, challenging myself and learning 
new skill sets and mastering new areas and being in something for this really long duration, I'm not looking for, you know, immediate self, I'm not looking for immediate gratification. I'm not looking for immediate changes. I'm not looking left or right or comparing myself to anyone. I'm not, do you, it's, it's mindset is a really big thing for me now. And I don't think I respected it enough or was as aware of how important it was at the very start. And it probably, it didn't take me too, too long. I think within a few years, I started to really shift my focus, but it used to be a lot more narrow, a lot less open and a lot, um, a lot more like immediate in what I was looking at all the time. Um, I, I, it really expanded, as I said, with my diagnosis and my health condition changed everything for me. It changed the way I viewed everything, everything in my fitness journey, everything in a food base, and then everything from, um, you know, where, what I wanted out of my life, you know, from a health perspective. So, so I think mindset, it might not be the obvious one for a lot of people, but it definitely, you know, was a big thing for me. And I wish maybe I would have had that extra six years of quality stuff on under my belt if I had have had that part of my process too. That it's a dur- that it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Anything in fitness, anything in yeah. building your physique, anything in changing, you know, um yourself for the better is a marathon and an eternal work in progress. And once you gr- grapple with that, and it's not about immediate results, um, again, magic happens. And, you know, it's it's quite profound, the power that has on your whole journey. It does. And like the mindset part, I can't get over it because I know we're finishing off on this because it is the, the cream of the crop, okay? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like the cream of the cream, however you want to say it. Like it's, it's one of the, okay, the mind is a muscle and mm. it's the strongest muscle. So if your mind being a muscle and you don't train it, or you don't learn how to train your mind, it's either going to be your worst enemy or yeah. it can be honestly your, your biggest army and like your defense force. Yeah. So you start sooner trying to train your mind and learn how it works, what it's doing to you. If it, if it's suppressing you, if it's, you know, trying to work against you, you can yeah. rewire your brain. Your brain is a muscle we can train. So if you can actually try to dive in and understand why your brain is doing certain things, why you're drawn to certain things, why you revert back to old self old patterns, this because I think that this is one of my bigger ahas and it still happens every single yep. day of my journey. It's my old self wants to revert. My old yeah. self picks, you know, little points yeah. of my way and it wants to go back to doing those old stupid shits that I used to do. <laughs> the old habits that I was just, you know, trained to do as a young child. Yeah. Society forced yeah. me to do and that's always going to pop up. It's always going to come. Something's always going to remind you of your childhood. Something's always mm-hmm. going to remind you of when you were growing up or mm-hmm. how you used to be, but it's not about how the past owns you now. Your future self is calling you. Yeah. So make sure you're training your mind. You're not letting your mind defeat you. Yeah. You're actually using 
strength training and food literacy and just overall tracking to your advantage and actually start training your mind to know that you're building new habits, that you're instilling things that are going to benefit you for your future self for the longevity we're talking about. So understanding that there is no labeling, no scale, you know, obsessing, understanding that you don't have to have a deadline always to achieve stuff need to understand that this is a long journey and your mind is one of the biggest precursors of how you're going to endure this journey or whether you'll quit, whether if you'll just keep fighting through. So if you're kind of feeling like you give up midway, you give up because it gets tough or it just gets hard. Your body doesn't normally stop. It's your mind that stops before your body. Yeah. Your body's going to get tired. You're going to be a little, you know, challenged at times, but making sure that your mind continues to move forward. You're actually taking, you know, a foot in a change to change those thoughts, to redirect that thought process. It's so important. So if you have any of these things that you might've related with us today, uh, as far as our misconceptions that we had when we first started our fitness journey, or are struggling in any of those areas. Hopefully we yeah. gave you some tips of how we've been over you know, overcoming some of yeah. these things that we had to go through or that we believed at the beginning. And, and there's I so much. Um, I hope people can listen to some of the things and go, oh yeah, me too, you know, or that's one of mine. And you're not alone because these are, I feel like a lot of what we've covered are quite common, but also maybe just not things people talk about or, Mm. or, you know, not an open conversation. It's not, it's not that they they would admit to the fact they've had these things, Mm. right. Um, You know, and they've made mistakes and that they've had moments where they've believed something that now they look back on and go, what was I thinking? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm telling you, I cringe all the time. I cringe so much when I look back (laughs) and I'm like, wow, I used to like really not even track how much I was burning. Like that even blows my mind now, understanding my heart rate. Like if you don't even track these things this is what we mean by trying to pick up things that you didn't know and trying to learn Mm. more knowledge is power the more you actually know the more you're going to be able to manage your emotions your body your life so don't have that what i don't know doesn't hurt me mentality like i did or or even (laughs) you know so don't have the mentality that you know a lot so therefore you know everything because you don't oh, you know like there is there is always so much learning a hundred percent like you should be constantly in the pursuit of further no know. one knows it all yeah. i don't know it all yeah. you don't know it all the more i learn the more i know i don't know do you know what i mean like it <laughs> yeah. really does yeah. just build the i just keep building i keep bridging gaps in my knowledge base and that's it's never going to stop. And I don't think, you know, anyone should have the viewpoint that they know enough because that's just retarded. You become very redundant. You believe a narrative that that's, yeah. oh, yep, that's end story. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. No, you can prove so much to yourself wrong, to society wrong, if you mm-hmm. just start actually taking action and um, start exactly. breaking some of these chains that we have built in our own selves. And we work on some of these things that we talked about today. Yeah, exactly. So had some really good little tips and takeaways from today's yes. top. And if you guys want to see or hear any preferred topics, please send them our way. That way we can kind of start jotting down and prepping and planning those yeah. that are beneficial for you guys to listen to. So we 100%. appreciate you guys always tuning in and 
sharing and resharing. We appreciate that all the time. So thank you for being here. See you for guys. And we, um, we are See so you grateful later. that you tune in each week. So thank you very much. And I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. I hope it might have helped shed some light on your own fitness journeys. Um, it may stop you from making some of the mistakes we made sooner than we learned. <laughs> I hope so. I hope you guys definitely don't make those yeah. mistakes. Or if you're making those mistakes, cut it out now. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> Stop leaving games on the table, people. Oh, yeah. right, until next time, Steph. Until next time, guys. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.